Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. We, we appreciate you. We thank you for just how wonderful you have been to us. You've kept us. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that even throughout this series, you have been doing things in our own personal lives. You've been moving in our lives. You've been giving us direction. You have been clearing up some things. You have been bringing some things to the surface that we need to address. Thank you for what you've been doing, that you're active in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that even as we conclude this series today, we seek to understand you and draw closer to you. And that you would continue to reveal yourself to us, that we would continue to grow in our faith and our knowledge of you. I pray, Lord, that we would realize that our lives are not just our own, but that they are connected to someone else's breakthrough. They're connected to someone else's next level. And I pray, Lord, that we come out of the realm of selfish living, come into the realm of purposeful living, and not just earthly purpose, but understanding that you have an eternal purpose for us. Lord, this is our prayer. Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wanted to talk today about closing the door. But in order for us to kind of put that into reference, I wanted to kind of just review briefly everything that we have kind of gone through in this series. And I think what we tried to do, and it definitely was the Holy Ghost, is to try to take us on a journey from the moments that we realize things are changing, the moments that we realize something's got to give internally, how we feel all the way to the point of actually taking that step, right? So uh, if, if you remember, in the, in the first couple weeks ago, and this, we've been going for about a month or so with this, maybe a little bit more with this, and just dealing with the fact that this whole idea of starting over, it's not something that uh, is easy to just do, right? Because there's this whole idea of, of wasted time that we're dealing with. There's this whole idea of change, which a lot of us don't like to do. I mean, we, we create routines. We have ways that we do things. We um, have learned lessons and figured out ways to do things and adapt. And it's very frustrating when those things have to change. Change is difficult to embrace, especially when it's forced upon you or when it's sudden and you just have to adapt on the fly. The Bible tells us, though, that people can plan, which is what we do, but ultimately, it's the Lord that guides our steps. So that was a foundational scripture that we kind of used here, Proverbs 16 and 9. People can plan what they want to do, but it is the Lord who guides their steps. So as much as we like to plan, the security in our own plans is only as good as our ability to trust that God is the one that guides our steps. Very important, very pivotal for us to understand that. And the confidence does not come in our planning. The confidence comes in God's guidance. Okay? The confidence does not come in our planning. The confidence comes in God's guidance. So we talked about change. We talked about how we feel like we wasted time. Uh, we talked about ungoverned and uh, mismanaged expectations. 
and what that does to us as far as causing us to be discouraged on our path and on our journey. When we think about our lives, we're thinking about this plan with minimal mistakes. Like no, nobody plans mistakes. Nobody plans uh, reasons to have to restart and all that. But these are a part of the plan. And these are a part of God's plan oftentimes to help us to learn on our way. The beautiful thing about God is he's not, he doesn't want you to be a robot. He wants you to think. He wants to know what you think. He wants you to speak. He wants you to be able to be a participant, an active participant in his plan for your life. So in order for us to do that, there's going to be things that we're going to not understand. There's going to be things that we mess up. There's going to be things that we just don't get. But God's patience and grace will carry us through. And ultimately, and hopefully, our submission to God will cause us to be able to yield enough to understand a little better than we started. And then we moved over to progress and uh, what your definition of progress is. So we asked ourselves the question, when I look back on my life and I see where I'm at now, what is worth keeping? What, what have I gleaned? What have I gained that is worth keeping? What is this situation in my life? Or what is God doing in my life that's maybe causing me to rethink about what I've been carrying? And is what I'm carrying beneficial to me in my future, or is it just something that I'm holding on to because I don't want to let go of my past? So we talked about hoarders and how there's sentimental value that we put on things that may not necessarily be helpful in our future, and they can end up overcrowding where we are right now and causing us to miss out on the blessings that we currently have. So that brings us to today. And today, like I said, I wanted to talk about what it really means to close the door, what it means to close the door on the path and move forward, okay? So if I could use a scripture today, I want to go to Luke chapter 17, verses 32 and 33. And it says, remember Lot's wife, exclamation point. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. So many of us probably heard the story of Lot and Abraham. Lot was a relative of Abraham, and Abraham was called to move towards the promised land to Canaan. He and Lot basically got to a place where they had acquired so much wealth, and so much possessions, that they, it, was, it was too much for them to be together. So they had to eventually split. Abraham had to go one place and pick one place, and uh, Lot had to pick another place and move another place just because they had so much. It's a nice problem to have, right? We have so much. We're so blessed. We have so much in abundance that, you know, let, let's, let, me, let me let you pick. So Lot, you pick where you want to go. So Lot says, okay, I'm going to move towards Sodom. And Abraham says, all right, fine. I'm going to go towards the land of Canaan. Okay. So life is great, Dad, and everything is good. Um, but during the course of this time that's happening, Sodom has a reputation of being a city that is against God um, to the point where most of us know about Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and I'm not going to get too deep into that aspect of it because that's not the point we're talking about. But the point of it is Sodom did a good job of doing everything against God. It did a good job of doing everything possible to dishonor God. And it seems like, you know, reminiscent of our world today. I mean, by and large, there's a lack of respect for God. There's a lack of respect for people. So there's a prevailing disregard for God that Sodom has. 
And Lot, who is associated with God, is now living in a place that is not. His initial starting over was him separating from Abraham, right? And that was pretty much, okay, that's just how things should be. So his circumstances forced him to start over. He starts over and maintains his righteousness in an area that is unrighteous. So if I can just kind of pause right there and help us to see that it's not the place that you are at that makes you righteous. You are to bring the righteousness of God with you, right? So let's give Lot some credit here. The Bible calls him righteous even on the outskirts of Sodom. So he's living in this place, but he's still able to maintain his righteousness. Now, this is what happens, though, right? So now Lot is at this place, and he's married. And when you look at the history of Lot's wife, not much is mentioned about her in the Bible, right? Um, but when you look at the Jewish history, it is believed that she might have been a native of Sodom. So it, it might be that she was either born from that region or whatever. So Lot had actually attached himself to someone who was a native of this place that didn't honor God. And he was still able to maintain his righteousness there, but there's still going to be a pull for when God calls him to do something that's going to require her to do something that honors God. So this also speaks to the fact that sometimes we got to watch our connections and the people who we are associating ourselves with, if they are not being influenced and drawn to honor God because we are honoring God, then sometimes we got to check our light. You got to really be careful, especially in this day, you know, with the temptation to compromise. It's there. The temptation to dim your light for acceptance. The temptation to kind of water your message down to not offend people, right? We want Jesus to take a stand for us, but he's calling us to be constantly taking a stand for him. So Lot has this dynamic in his home right now where he's married to someone who has strong affections for Sodom. Two angels are sent to Lot as a warning. Sodom is about to be destroyed because the grace is run out on them for all that they've been doing to dishonor God. So y'all need to get up and leave. Okay, now let's think about this because we're talking about starting over and we're talking about closing the door. Think about how frustrating that news would be to someone who has restarted their life at a place, established a normal at a place, has been able to keep themselves clean, so to speak, from a place that dishonors God. And now they get this news that uh, it's not like, Oh, would you please move? No, it's like you need to get ready to get out. This situation is uh, provoked by evil and God's desire to preserve the righteousness that you have maintained. So sometimes when God interrupts our lives, it's inconvenient, but it's to protect us from what's to come. When I was reading this and kind of studying this, I was thinking about, you know, us when we when we kind of when we moved to North Carolina. And it was really, uh, the timing was weird because we, 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 we moved like right before winter. Like who does that? And a, a part of it felt abrupt, but the timing felt right. Not knowing that a few months later, a pandemic would hit at the epicenter of where we were in New York. 
and we missed it. And I often look back and I think like, okay, well, if I was in New York at that time, um, that would have drastically affected my livelihood. That would have drastically affected everything because from what we could see on the news, because we was already gone, that everything was shut down. So to think about God's timing and to think about the fact that sometimes God says, move, start over right here. No, you don't have time to plan a month in advance and, and to do all this other stuff. It's time to go now because what's getting ready to happen is not going to be good for you. That is not a part of your story. Your story needs to be you escape that. And you escape that miraculously because you obeyed me. This is where a lot is, is, is being challenged here. So the angel comes and says this, and the Bible says something really uh, profound here, that when they got the word to leave, uh, Lot's wife lingered. She lingered. She lingered, right? Um, the, the Holy Spirit is like asking this question, right, to, to some of us who may be facing decisions or you may be facing a decision that you're kind of deliberating on. Like, hmm, should I do this? Should I not? Um, should I take that position? Should I not? Should I step in that role as a caregiver or whatever that is? Should, should I take this role? Should I do this? And you're like vacillating on it. Um, and God may as well be leading you to do that thing, but you may be in your head too much. You're lingering, right? She was lingering around, hesitating on whether I should make this move. And I think the whole idea of closing the door behind you challenges the fact that God is trying to minimize the past in your own eyes. That God is trying to minimize what you've seen as the way things have been and things should be. The crazy thing about the past is the past feels like it knows you best. For some of us, our past is like a person. Right. It's that person that knows you the best. It's the person that, you know, it's this it's this um, phenomenon. This is, is big. It's bigger than just experiences. It's just um, the thoughts in our mind that cause us to feel like, oh, you, well, you, you're not really free or you're, you're not really new or, uh, you know, that bothers you. Like there's always that voice. And I don't know if y'all can relate to what I'm saying, but, but, but sometimes the things that we've done, the things that we experienced in our past can make itself a God in our own eyes and limit us from seeing the possibility of new things that God might have for us. So what this whole idea of starting over is in order for us to fully embrace it, God really wants us to get to a place of understanding number one, that the past is not the best part of you. Like you, you've experienced more of your past than you have of your future. You've experienced more of your past than you have of your present. But we're serving the God of the future, right? So God wants us to not allow the limitations of what time does to us, how time, this dimension, makes us think in order for us to now adopt a more eternal perspective. Okay, so what's this eternal perspective? That, you know, God wants us to live perpetually in a state of newness, right? All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God says you are a new creature. You are a new creation. 
that's a perpetual mindset. So there's this idea of constantly embracing the newness of God, the newness of his grace. He says new mercies every day is what we're given. We're given newness every day. So God is empowering us to be able to live this life as free as possible as long as we're willing to let go more and more every day. And I pray that you're receiving this in your spirit and that not allowing your past, not allowing what happened to you, not allowing what people said, not allowing your reputation, not allowing your own failures, the mistakes that you've made, not allowing your deficiencies and how you see yourself to limit you from embracing the fullness of what starting over will bring into your life. So you can imagine Lot has daughters and a family, and now he's being called to move out of this place that is getting ready to be destroyed. His wife lingers. Later on in the story, the inhabitants of Sodom get word that angels are here. Like two men are angels are here. And, you know, obviously they dishonor God. So when we find these men, we want to get rid of them. So they come to the house asking for these men. And it just further confirms the fact that, listen, it's time to go. And I don't know who this is for, but I mean, for some of us, you know, it's time to go. Right? Because God is going to destroy some of those things that would end up being harmful to us. God wants to help us overcome certain things, but certain things are going to eventually wear you down if you don't trust God and move when he says to move. The credit to Lot's righteousness was only up to the extent of his ability to move when God said move. So his decision here is to, okay, we're going to pack up and we're going to leave. So on the night that Destruction is coming. The angel gives them very specific instructions. He says, when you leave, don't leave and look back at the destruction of the city because I'm about to create a spectacle about this place so that the whole world is going to know and remember that, you know, I'm God. It's one of those things. I don't even want you to reminisce on Sodom. I don't want you to reminisce on your past. I don't want you to reminisce on anything about what was because I'm about to change everything in your life. You are legitimately starting over. I want you to come out of this town, and I want you to close the door behind you. Lot leaves. Lot's running ahead, and the wife lingers, and she looks back. And the Bible says that when she looks back, she turns into a pillar of salt. And now she becomes a monument there of looking back. She gets stuck looking back. Think about that. She gets stuck looking back. Now think about the many times that we prayed to God and asked him for help and asked him to move us and asked him to change our lives and asked him to do new things. And all he's saying is, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes looking forward on where I'm going. Because what does looking back do to you? Now let's, let's think about this. Because as we've said before, you know, Rich and I often are transparent about how tough the move to North Carolina was. Although we do like North Carolina a lot, um, the weather is, is nice and the whole thing, it's just always springtime, nice and all that. But in thinking about the transition and how difficult it was, it's very easy to look back on what was, especially when where you are is uncomfortable. 
where you are is unfamiliar. Where you are um, has not adapted to you yet. Where you are doesn't even know you. They don't even know you to appreciate you. You're starting with a blank slate. You don't know anybody. And the head start that you would want or that you would get from being in a familiar place, you don't have. So it's always tempting for you to look back and be like, hmm, what if? It's just crazy how our mind works when God is actively working to bring us through things, how we can complain in the deliverance process. Like, like we complain while we're being delivered. We complain while we're being saved, while God is providing, while God is making a way, while the situation is in the growing stages of brand newness, we complain. So she looks back and she becomes pillar of salt. And now she becomes a memorial to us as far as what it looks like for someone to get stuck in the past. Now she will always be associated with Sodom. And she will never be associated with wherever her husband ended up. I, I really want us to think about that, right? We would have done a great disservice to us in this series if the Holy Spirit did not challenge you to embrace the newness that God has for you. And I believe while we're closing out this series, he wanted us to really focus on the fact that in order for you to fully walk into all that God has for you, you must close the door behind you. Like, you, you must close the door behind you. If God is a sense of urgency for you to leave, and whatever that means, because that may not mean a physical thing for you. That, might, that may mean God wants you to move away in your mind. God wants you to move into more of a space of forgiveness. God wants you to let things go. Whatever that means. And the Holy Spirit knows, and I believe even now, he'll be ministering to you as you listen. But when we say close the door, all that means is you're closing the door in a forward motion. So God will lock it. You just need to close it. So there's this image of moving forward and just making sure that you close that door, swing it shut, slam it shut behind you, and you keep moving forward. There are doors that self-lock. There are doors that don't need anything. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, God wants you to not look back at the past and idolize the past. God wants us to move forward and fully embrace all that he has for us because God wants to rid us of some things that would have been hard for us to get rid of on our own. God wants to heal us in places that have been so broken, we cannot repair them ourselves. And God knows that in order for you to truly start over, he needs to intervene in that way. God is calling us to a whole new level of trust in him. There's a whole new level of, of letting go. So um, I wanted to just kind of share a little bit more about what I'm processing through this whole thing. So um, as I opened up, and many of you know now, you know, after 39 years and searching for years and years and years, um, my detective wife, Rachel, uh, discovered and found my birth mother for me. Thank God for her. Thank God for um, putting you with the person that's a destiny partner. And I don't use those words too much, but you know, God has people in your lives and God wants to connect you with people 
that are in tune to his plan for your life. So I'm now walking in a brand new season right now that was completely unplanned in my mind. And I had honestly resolved to the fact that this is not for me. I'm serious. Like I, 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 I and, and I remember praying specifically and saying, you know, Lord, because my sister had found her parents, both her parents, and it was just like this lifetime movie situation. And I was very, very happy for her, still am. But a part of me was like, okay, Lord, well, I guess that's not for me. You know, I guess this is not going to happen for me. And, and this is what I prayed. I said, Lord, well, I can't complain because it's not like I didn't have love. I was raised in a loving home. I was given all the resources and all the opportunities that I would, I would need to cause me to have the life that I have right now. You blessed me with a wonderful life and beautiful, beautiful kids, a, a beautiful wife. You, you, you made my life beautiful. You turned beauty from ashes. My patchwork family was the right thing for me. So you didn't allow me to experience certain things. What I was saying was, if it's not your will for me to ever meet my birth parents or meet my birth mom, it must not be good for me. Because your plan for me is always good, even when it doesn't feel like it. So if it's not your plan for me to know, I'm good with it, Lord. I'm good with it. And I promise you, it wasn't after shortly of me letting go of that need to know that all of a sudden things started to come together. And I share that with us because, number one, I want you guys to see what walking with God looks like behind the scenes. So oftentimes there's this veneer that, you know, we like to put on as following Jesus, like always oh, roses and we never have no doubts and we never think that things that God does is not fair. And now, now there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of things that you deal with that's like, hmm, I don't know, God. What about me? And that's being human. If you read Psalms, it's probably one of the most bipolar uh, books where David is one chapter praying and saying, oh, God, you're so wonderful. And the other chapter, he's like, God, take care of these enemies. And in the other chapter, he's playing and singing. And the other chapter, so this is, this is the dynamic of human emotions. This whole ride with God is not a, a smooth sailing all the time. He promised to be with us, though. And he wants you to be honest about how you feel so that you can really help people understand who he is. And they can understand the range of his love. So anyway, sharing all that to share that right now, I'm faced with what I'm sharing with you today. I'm faced with now the opportunity to embrace another side of my story. I'm forced to embrace, or I'm, I'm, I'm given the opportunity, because it's not forced. I'm given the opportunity now to embrace my birth mother, my brothers, and everything that comes with that. Now, granted, my life has already been solidified already. I mean, I'm a dad with three kids already. I have a loving family, a loving, you know, people all around me that, that you know, care about me and all that. So it's not like I'm lacking in any way. So if I wanted to, I could be like, ah, that was nice. Itch was scratched. Everything was good. That's great. I'm good. Thanks. But is that what God wants for me? Like, is that, is that, is that, and then, then as far as me processing my feelings of, well, I mean, 39 years later is, I guess it's better late than never. 
So there, there, there's these issues and things that, that we all deal with that, that I'm working through as well. And the challenge is, you know, in order for me to embrace what's new, I have to close the door on the past. And what that basically means is closing the door on things, resentment, unforgiveness, uh, unfounded uh, expectations, things that would only provoke negativity, even the feelings of hurt because of the lack of uh, connection, the things that I went through because I didn't have, you know, my birth mother in my life, what might have transpired in the family that I was not in, that I will discover. All these things now, in order for me to fully embrace it and see the goodness of God in it, there's a level of closing the door on the past, closing the door on negativity that I have to do. And this is what God is challenging all of us to do. Question is, are you at a place of healing enough? Are you at a place of personal vulnerability enough with God? Where God can move you into a new season and trust you to close the door behind you. You starting over is not just about you. Sometimes you starting over is for God to kind of move you into a place where he can use you over again. Your life is a vehicle by which God wants to bring his glory into the earth. Can he do that? Can he use what may have harmed you as a testimony? Jesus says, remember Lot's wife, exclamation point. Remember that holding on to the past can cause you to get stuck in it. And while you're on your way out to newness, looking back can cause you to become frozen in progress. So you don't already left the town, but now you looking back is causing you to get stuck on the road out. How frustrating is that to be almost free? To be almost delivered, to be almost new. I'm tired of almost. So Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. Then he says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. Think about that. The more we try to hold on to our life, when we see our life, that's the life that we want to live. That's the things that we want. And the basis of this series, and I, I pray that we've driven this into your heart, and we've driven this in so that, that you can't get it out of your head, that the life that God has for you has a secure future in it. Like you cannot guarantee your own future. You don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. You can only see as far as your eyes will allow you to. So trusting in your own ability is not, it's not really secure. It feels like it because you're in control, but you're really not. The only security that we have is surrendering our life to the Lord and allowing him to guide us on the path that he has ordained for us. So that's the life that he wants us to live. So whoever tries to keep their life, your life, me, 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 what I want, what I desire, what I want to accomplish and all that, will end up losing it. But whoever loses their life, and there's another scripture that says, loses their life for the sake of Christ, will gain it, will preserve it. 
So this is not only just like a uh, natural series in the sense that we're talking about your, the events in your situations in your everyday life, but I want you to also think about this eternally today, right? That as we are living this life, that this is not just about God's earthly plan for your life. This is about God's eternal purpose for your life. That ultimately, he wants you to be with him when it's all said and done. He wants you to be with him when it's all said and done. So let's get in the habit of closing the door behind us. That as we move forward, let's look back less. For fear of getting stuck where we're looking. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We thank you so much for what you have spoken to us in this series. We thank you for how you have encouraged us and admonished us and challenged us and opened doors for us and made ways for us as we are walking this walk with you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that you have created for us to embrace and take advantage of newness. We thank you, Lord, for open doors and, 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 and ways made. We thank you. And Lord, we pray, God, even now that as we continue to walk this thing out and approach opportunities that you have opened up, uh, whether it's jobs, whether it's uh, relocation, whether it's new positions and new opportunities, we pray that you would give us the grace to succeed. We pray, Lord, that we have the confidence in knowing that if you are with us, we will succeed and that whatever you have for us will be for us. Now help us not to rest in our own abilities, but help us to trust and rely on the fact that if you opened the door, then you had the keys to the door in the first place, and that you will be the one to take us all the way through. So we pray a special blessing over every single person that is listening, every single person that is present with us, Lord. We pray, God, that as we embrace the newness that you are presenting in our lives, that we would continue to bring glory to your name. Give us the courage to close the door on the past. And as you are minimizing the past in our eyes, help us to embrace the unknown of the future because that's where you are. That's where you want us to be. So we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your protection, your mercy, your love, everything that you've been doing. And we will embrace this starting over no matter what it looks like because we know ultimately starting over has you at the beginning and that we never have to go back beyond where you have already been. Well, this is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We wanna know about it. Connect with us online at www that the lifehouseministries.org or by downloading the Lifehouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.